Welcome in, everyone. It's week 10, and I hope you're ready. Hope you got your gear on this week, because I'm asking you to ascend the mountain with me. And I'll talk about maybe a little bit more why you're going to be ascending a mountain later on in the show. Bets, how you doing, man? I'm doing great, Kyle. I am looking forward to climbing this mountain with you this week. The player who we are referencing, I, w- I won't ruin it for our listeners, I'm also quite excited about it. I think it's a really sneaky play. And of course, if you want the the preview to, you know, Kyle's flag plant player every week, you you know, catch me on Twitter. I post the screenshot of what I'm seeing when we're talking and recording this show every week. And this one, uh, you know, without fail is is great yet again. So I'm very excited about that. People are probably questioning. I wonder what mountain pun they're using. Is there a player that rhymes with Kilimanjaro? Um, I'm (laughs) just going to wait. You're going to. No, there's not. (laughs) You're going to. So don't fast forward your podcast, people, because it's going to be a good ride. We're glad you're with us, Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. We call this DFS for the rest of us because for a lot of people, playing DFS can be intimidating. And so Betsy and I just kind of get to break things down. And we wanted to start off sharing a couple of listener uh, success stories. Last week, we had a couple of listeners share with us from the podcast, also from the DFS Pass. And that's always that's always super encouraging. And uh, I'll read this first one off and then maybe you can kind of riff on it. But yeah, uh, we had someone write in and said, thanks to you and the Fantasy Footballers DFS podcast. I cashed for the first time. I doubled my money. Thanks for you guys. This is my first year playing cash DFS and you guys make it fun. So Betts, why is that just matter so much? Just that's such a simple story. You may be listening and say, I've been playing for years, but like, why does that matter so much for people to kind of understand how to play DFS the right way? Yeah, getting those screenshots, getting those messages on social media and things like that. It's just honestly, it's the best. Like I like to win money, but seeing other people win money from our advice honestly makes me the most happy. But I think what I'm taking from all this stuff is that our listeners are just getting smarter and smarter every week. And they're learning, like you said, the correct way to play DFS. And we're seeing more consistency from our listeners as far as, you know, being able to cash each week and winning a tournament or coming in top 10 in like a huge field tournament. It's just, it's awesome to see. So yeah, hopefully, you know, like Kyle's referenced before on the show, we're trying to give you the tools so that, you know, we, we like you guys. So like, please keep coming back and keep listening. But in the future, you'll know kind of how to attack the slates on your own because you're going to be a really smart DFS player. And that's what it's all about. So yeah, man, it was a fun week for the listeners. And it's always great to see that. So yes, listeners, tag us on Twitter at Kyle underscore Borg at the fantasy PT for me. Um, we love to see the winning. So keep it up. And you know what? Even if you want to show us your worst lineup possible, I, last week in a in the Millie Maker, I threw one lineup in there. It had Nick Foles in it. And let's just say it didn't do so hot. <laughs> but uh, sh- show us your really bad lineups. We had a listener actually play six in a tournament. And he said he hasn't been playing for super long, but it was awesome. Won $3,500. I think he said he entered about 20 bucks. So that's awesome. It's awesome to see that. But let's just recap from last week. What was kind of your best call? We both cashed. We both had a great week. I think you did better in tournaments than I did. But uh, what was one of your best calls last week? 
Yeah, two weeks ago, you know, it was the infamous text. It was, hey, man, I'm playing Dalvin Cook in every single lineup. And last week on the show, our analysis was if if we needed to, to tell you guys to play Dalvin Cook, you know, I would encourage everyone to kind of refine their process. He was just clearly a smash play. So I played him in all my cash lineups, and certainly it was a great call. Um, not a difficult call. And sometimes DFS is easy, right? Like we try to make it, I think, sometimes harder than what it is and being able to play you know, great players and great matchups in cash lineups where, you know, roster ship uh, percentage doesn't really matter. That's what it's all about. So for me, it was, it was Dalvin Cook week again. Unfortunately, he's not on the slate this week, so we're gonna have to pivot. But uh, another great week for Dalvin and everyone that played him. Yeah, for me, it was Dalvin Cook in almost, I mean, in all my cash, my cash lineups on both websites, uh, Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, that was my stack. So Felt really good about that was a process is what we talked about. And just to kind of give you guys a picture of why we play cash, it's just a really easy way to build your bankroll and contest selection just matters so much. Like a lot of people, uh, they burn out of DFS or they lose their money really quickly because they're playing all these other contests that don't actually allow you to build a bankroll. So I always mention 50-50s, especially on DraftKings, you get these large tournaments where you do a single entry. You can double up, you know, $25 entry. And I think it's quite easy to cash. Um, so far, my lineups this year, I've, I've cashed six out of nine weeks. And so that means I've been pretty profitable this year. And, and I think you're probably the same bets. Like we've just, we've been pretty consistent with our cash lineups. And so if you want just straight picks, we mentioned this each time, but we have all of our cash and GPP picks in the DFS pass. Uh, if you want those for DraftKings and FanDuel, and we've started this promo, we're still doing it, and it goes all throughout the playoffs, but $30 for the rest of the year, just one-time fee. Uh, there's a lot of good stuff, and bets. you just put out your Thursday night preview article, you have your Vegas report, so anything you want to say just about writing stuff up this week and being a part of the DFS Pass. Oh man, this is going to make me either look really silly or really smart. I wrote up Philip Rivers in the Thursday night football preview <laughs> as a play this week, <laughs> so... Oh, man, someone check in on me on Friday. We'll see how we did. But yeah, man, it's fun to to put content out, you know, for uh, for the DFS pass subscribers. This deal is just literally insane. It's like less than three dollars a week for the rest of the season. And you you can't beat that price. So guaranteed to make your money back if you're listening to the show and, and reading the content in there. So ton, tons of fun. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg or at the Fantasy PT. We love get to answer questions. Um, we'll have some mailbag questions coming up. And if you want to go on iTunes, subscribe and review, that helps us out a lot. Um, we're really proud of this podcast. We're proud of what we get to represent with the fantasy footballers. And we would love to hear from you. So let's talk about the main slate together. State of the main slate. State of the main slate. I wish that I was the one getting to do that voice bets. Um, it would be so so much worse but we can uh, make a new drop it would be a great claim to fame that's true i i could be that guy i could be our new drop guy if mike will let me let's hear a let's hear let's, a number uh, two drop from you number two <laughs> that wasn't actually that wasn't bad actually that was pretty good <laughs> what's funny is is my brother calls me sometimes and does he'll he'll actually start the phone call out with some random footballers drop because he loves the show that's amazing he's, he's a patron so um sometimes just it's its own language. It's its own thing. Yep. Uh, it's pre pretty fun. Let's talk about our overarching thoughts in the main slate. Before we break down our five favorite games to stack, Betts and I kind of want to 
give a top-down approach of here's the main plays, here's the main things you need to look at positionally. So for quarterbacks this week, you got Kyler on there. Kyler's the QB1 for a reason. We'll talk about him for a second. Aaron Rodgers uh, is going to be a great play this week. And then once you get a little bit further down, you're going to have to make some some calls on Russell Wilson. Uh, what do you think? Does he bounce back? Uh, but running backs this week, there is one player that's not on this main slate, and it's Dalvin Cook. So, bets you cannot play Dalvin Cook this week. Dang I'm it. sorry. I'll have to play some showdown on Monday Night Football because got to have some Dalvin. That's true. But there is another player that you just have. I and mean, we're not going to talk about this game, but this is the week that you need to make sure Mike Davis is in your cash lineup. So, explain to people why... Mike Davis is so cheap because, you know, normally, you know, a week ago he was in the 7,000 range, six, 7,000 range. And then we have this weird glitch. So explain to people why Mike Davis is so cheap. Yeah, the the pricing comes out, obviously, you know, before we have all the news, all the updates. And obviously, Christian McCaffrey injured his shoulder last week. And when Christian McCaffrey entered the lineup, he was the same old Christian McCaffrey. He was getting all the touches. He was a workhorse. And so these sites said, oh, well, Mike Davis is only going to get a few touches. He's not that valuable for us in DFS. Well, Christian McCaffrey is not going to play this week. And so that is a huge misprice. It's a free square. You'll hear that term in the industry quite a bit. Essentially, it means, you know, in, in cash lineups, it's okay to play him because everyone else is going to play him, but that's fine. The savings that you get on a player like this, who's going to get 20 plus opportunities at 4,000 on DK and uh, 5,400 on FanDuel is just a smash smash spot, regardless of matchup, right? We don't even need him to do that much for us this week with how cheap he is. We can pay up and get up to guys like Devontae Adams, you know, Aaron Rodgers, et cetera. And we'll talk about that more here in a little bit. But yes, great, great value this week. Yeah. And realize that everyone is going to be playing him in cash lineups. Like it's just kind of a duh, but it's the savings you get. It's, you know, it's the production. He's playing Tampa Bay, so it could be tough. But Tampa Bay was who they played in week two when McCaffrey went out. And remember, Davis came in and caught like eight balls in the second half. So I think he'll be fine in terms of the passing, like establishing a floor. But he's so cheap that he affords you all these other players. And if everyone else is going that cheap, just do it. Like in some of these 50-50s, I bet he's going to be 60 or 70%. And that's okay. Like in a cash, you're, you're not trying to fade. But in tournaments, that's a different story. So in tournaments, it it is a chance for you to say like, okay, if everybody's going to roster this guy and he's not going to get more than, let's say, 15 points, then that's when you fade. But anything over 15 points for someone who's 4,000 is ridiculous. So that's just a big conversation you need to have. And so we will have him in our cash game lineups. Um, and I, I think you should too. But uh, wide receivers, it's Devontae Adams this week. And he's in a tier of his own. And we'll talk about that game. And then with tight ends, there's no Travis Kelsey. Uh, it's basically Darren Waller and I guess TJ Hawkinson. A like, are those dudes. our choices? <laughs> yeah, guys that we're not that excited about. Waller is the only guy that I think that has sleep breaking upside with his athleticism and his role in this slate. So, yeah, tight end's going to be tough again this week, as it always is. But you're forgetting a tight end that I'm going to reference later based mm. on ascending the mountain. And no, this is no a mountain you want week. to ascend. No big Irv. Yeah, well, that, well, that's see the people right now are like, okay, so there's no Dalvin Cook, so we can't do that. There's no Big Irv, so you know what is Bet's going to talk about <laughs> on this podcast? I'm not even sure yet. We'll find out here in the next forty minutes. 
I mean, are we even going to mention Teddy Bridgewater? We have I to. I mean, like... The, At some the, point, we have to. Is this... <laughs> he is the official quarterback of this podcast, meaning he's pretty much mediocre most of the time. Yep. But he does a couple things each game that you're excited he's about. He's perfectly fine. Gets the job done. Let's talk about this first game. Buffalo Bills at the Arizona Cardinals. This game has a 56-point total. It's risen up a little bit. Cardinals are two-point home favorites. So I... I dubbed this one the dual threat QBs dueling in the desert. That's a lot. If you want to. <laughs> that is yeah, a lot. It's, uh, but I, I like was, it. Uh, feeling pretty good about it. So um, it's in the afternoon. Um, it's in the four o'clocks on the Eastern time. But what we love about this is these are two teams that are in pace up spots. Like these two teams run a ton of plays. Arizona has been top five in pace the whole year. Kyler is playing out of his mind. Most fantasy points ever for someone's first eight games of a season for, I mean, he's just, he's playing out of his mind, but is he too expensive? Let's start there. Is he too expensive being the QB one on DK QB two on FanDuel? I don't think he is. And the only reason I'm going to say that is because we get Mike Davis here this week. If we didn't have that type of salary relief, I would say potentially he's a little bit too, too pricey, but he's just, I mean, he's, what is there to say? Like, he's just so automatic, right? Getting it done through the air has arguably one of the top two receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins. Oh, and by the way, he's going to run for almost probably like 16 rushing touchdowns this year. He has nine this year. That's more than 17 NFL teams in terms of their entire team rushing for touchdowns. Like, he has just been insanely good this year. The matchup with Buffalo is not scary. This is the highest over-under on the slate. So, yeah, I think we can get to Kyler Murray if you absolutely want to this week. Um, given that we have the salary salary relief with Mike Davis. And the obvious pairing with him is DeAndre Hopkins, who's been pretty quiet. He only saw three targets last week. He's going to see Tredavious White in coverage this year. And although, you know, like last week, DK Metcalf did fine. I mean, Tredavious White wasn't on him the entire time, but I, I still like Hopkins and I like him because I feel like a lot of people are not wanting to play him right now. They're looking at Devontae Adams at the top of our pricing, and then they're mostly skipping past Hopkins and moving to lower price options. So that's just a simple stack that you can do. But Christian Kirk has been on fire. Like in terms of NBA Jam rules, he is on fire. He has three top 12 weeks in a row. And he's getting the targets. And against this Buffalo defense, I think you can go there, especially at a much cheaper price. I do think he'll be popular, though. I think in terms of that mid-range pricing, uh, a lot of people will flock there. So anything you want to say about those two receivers? Yeah, I think that's a great point. You know, DFS players are getting smarter and smarter every single week, it seems like, because last week we had a similar situation with uh, the Bills. We're going to talk about that side in a second. But, you know, I kind of see the situation as very similar to the Steph Diggs to DeAndre Hopkins, John Brown to Christian Kirk. I played a lot of John Brown last week. It was great. But in big tournaments, he was still up at like 15 to 17% roster percentage, which is way higher than I thought he would be. So people are getting smarter. They're going to want to play this game. And so I do think there's going to be a lot of uh, concentration on this passing attack. I will say if I'm stacking with Kyler Murray, to me, you have to pick one because he's rushing so much and his uh, equity through rushing touchdowns is so great that it's likely that he doesn't throw you know, 300 yards and two of those touchdowns go to DeAndre Hopkins and one goes to Kirk. It's very likely that one of these guys hits in a big way. So I think I'm going to build a few stacks that have uh, DeAndre Hopkins with Kyler and then a couple that have Kirk with Kyler. I think he's just the type of quarterback that I would just want one 
one player with him, one pass catcher. And if you want to play Kyler naked, and we've discussed this before, but keep your clothes on when you select him. But if you <laughs> want to play him in just Kyler, <laughs> we will not judge you. Do not send us a screenshot. <laughs> Don't show us anything at all. But if you want to play Kyler alone, I'm totally fine with that. If you think he's going to soak up, you know, uh, a rushing score and then maybe one goes to Hopkins, one goes to Kirk or somebody else random, like that's totally fine. He's one of the few quarterbacks that you can do that because his rushing equity is so high. Speaking of rushing on the other side, Josh Allen is the same kind of quarterback. Um, they're running so many three wide sets that he feels so safe. Loved playing him last week. You know, he was almost hitting 500 yards passing. Remember we were texting. I was like, dude, he could go for 500 if he wanted to. So um, this Arizona defense, especially pass defense, should not scare us off at all. So how would you attack the Bills side? Yeah, it's it's sort of interesting, right? Like Stephon Diggs just seems so safe. You know, he's leading the league uh, in receiving yards. He's just been so good this year and so consistent. So I do want to play some Stephon Diggs stacks, but... To me, John Brown and the savings that you get with him, I mean, he's almost $2,000 cheaper on DraftKings. Same story on FanDuel. He's 5600 over there. I'll play him at both. I think he's a better value on FanDuel given the price and given the touchdown equity. But I don't think people realize like how good John Brown has been this year and how good he's been for Josh Allen. In the games that Josh Allen and, and John Brown have played together, it's only been uh, three where he's either hasn't left early or not returning from injury. And in those games... Josh Allen was the quarterback three, quarterback three, and quarterback two. Meanwhile, John Brown, the wide receiver, 25, 13, and 14 in those three games. So to me, people aren't realizing that there's a strong, strong correlation between those two players. I want digs, no doubt about it. But to me, John Brown is is a standout player this week. He's just so much cheaper. And I think less people are going to play him compared to Stephon Diggs. And there's revenge at stake here. Oh, I forgot mm-hmm. about that. Do you think if he finds the end zone, does he Massive. do his dance? I hope so. I, I mean, John Brown is such a fun player. Like, I really I really like it when he's in because he really does open up stuff for this offense. Uh, I will mention that Gabriel Davis got up to 47% of the snaps last week. And because they're running so much three wide, there is moments where Brown's out a little bit. But I do love Brown as a great play. Uh, Beasley's kind of taken a step back the last couple of weeks. So um, not crazy about that, only in big tournaments. And then these... These Buffalo running backs, like, I just don't ever want to play them. Devin Singletary is really his name. Like, he got two carries last <laughs> but week. But actually. And and it's just not there. And then Moss, you have to luck into a touchdown. So I will just X out those guys from my player pool. But Chase Edmonds on the other side could be a really awesome buy low opportunity because last week was supposed to be that week. Uh, he saw basically all the opportunities in snaps. But Kenyon Drake had a limited practice this week. So what's kind of the update on Drake and do you expect him to come back this week? If he does come back, he's going to be pretty limited. I doubt we see him um, in his normal capacity. If he plays, there's still a chance he doesn't play. You know, it was a couple weeks ago that was basically treated as a a high ankle sprain. And without getting too much into the injury analysis, if you guys want more of that, be sure to check out jointhefoot.com. You can find my injury podcast there, but essentially He's playing with a torn ligament in his ankle, and it's likely to cost him this game potentially longer. So if he plays certainly less than 100%, I actually like Chase Edmonds a lot more 
if Drake is active, because I think that that gives us a window where people are going to say, oh, I can't play Edmonds. Well, I think you still can. I think he's going to have the, the lion's share of the touches. Played 96% of the snaps last week without Drake on the field. I mean, you can't find a running back that does that. That's getting 28 opportunities. So I think Chase Edmonds is a fine player this week. He's, his price went down on both sites. Or excuse me, just on, on DraftKings. He went up on FanDuel. But DraftKings, he's cheaper. So I like him this week as a G- GPP type play. Yeah, and Chase Edmonds was playable even before the Drake injury. Like he was he was in that flex consideration. So I like him on DraftKings. I feel like he has a pretty safe floor, you know, maybe four or five receptions. And so if you really wanted to look at this game, uh, if you wanted to go Allen Diggs or Allen Diggs and Brown and then come back with Edmonds, I think that's a really different way of looking at this game because a lot of people will not want Edmonds, but you know. Kyler and Hopkins or Kyler and, and Kirk is just really simple and then bring it back with one of these Bills receivers and uh, don't even look at the tight ends. Uh, don't even worry about it. So give me your Vegas pick on this one. Yeah, this is going to be a high scoring affair. I will take the over. I will take the over as well. 56 points feels like not enough when we have these two quarterbacks at play. So this is... Next game is the other one that's going to be the most popular. So the Bills and Cardinals are going to be popular. And then the Seahawks at the Rams. So this is an NFC West divisional matchup. This game has a 55 and a half point total. And the Rams are two point home favorites. The Rams are coming off the bye. Seahawks just had that loss to the Bills this past week. So uh, there's just some interesting divisional things at play here. These teams do know each other. And I looked this up. Jared Goff over his last four games against Seattle has averaged over 23 DraftKings points. So he's been pretty solid. When you think of Jared Goff, it's mostly home games, like home games against bad defenses. And Seattle is arguably the worst defense of all time. They're on track to give up the most passing yards of all time by almost a thousand yards. So just think about that, Betts. The worst ever, and then just tack on a ton more. So uh, this is a spot where there's going to be points, we think, and there's some options on the Rams side that are cheap and some guys that I really like. So where do you want to start talking about this game? I think we have to start on the Seattle side of the ball because the obvious discussion is, well, DK Metcalf is just so good. Obviously, let's play him. And I agree. You want to have some DK Metcalf this week. But what are you doing with Tyler Lockett? Because there is a negative vibe in the fantasy industry with Tyler Lockett. People are getting scared. If you look at the consistency charts... For the Foot Clan on the website, it does not look good. It's a lot of red, which typically <laughs> means bad things. So, I mean, are you are we moving off of Tyler Lockett? What should DFS players do with him this week? Um, what are your thoughts? You got to lock it in. I love That's it. what you need to do. No, I, I'm I'm really going back to Tyler Lockett this week. He's all the way down at 6,500 on DK, 7,400 on FanDuel. He has been under 50 receiving yards for the last five weeks. But remember, one of those was the 200-yard game. And he's going to get opportunities in the slot because he's going to be away from Jalen Ramsey and he's just too good. He gets open and that's what all you can ask for in a game that has such a high total. So I actually prefer Lockett over Metcalf this week because I feel like Metcalf is being priced almost in a tier, especially, you know, on DraftKings. I think he's the wide receiver three. Like you basically have to make that call. Do you want him in your lineup? So DraftKings, I think uh, Russell Wilson's also a steal at 7,700. So for me, I want to stack this game on the Seahawks side with Wilson and Lockett. Yeah, I'm with you for sure. I'm I'm glad we're on the same page because last week, 
every single person that writes about DFS, talks about DFS, you know, whatever, was talking about Tyler Lockett and he failed, right? But that's a high variance type of situation that's normal with every wide receiver in the NFL. So I love Tyler Lockett this week as a bounce back type of play because everyone's going to look at the box scores for DK Metcalf, assume that he's the dude. And the, the stat line is so deceiving with Tyler Lockett, right? You, did you see that corner uh, ridiculous throw from Russ where Lockett barely missed it? He almost caught that touchdown. If he catches that, it's a whole different conversation. He also got tackled at the one yard line. So, you know, if he scores two touchdowns last week, we're completely flipping the script on this one. I think he's a great, great play this week, especially if we're going to go with either Ram stack and bring it back with Lockett or just go Russ to Lockett and, and call that stack. And we're not saying don't play DK Metcalf like he like he just don't X him out, but realize that you're having to pay up. So you need him to return. And he's been awesome this year. But uh, I think this is one of those weeks where I'll probably be underweight in tournaments on him. And uh, this is just a game where there's going to be a lot of points. And I think you need to get creative in how those points. I'll mention Jacob Hollister, the tight end for the for the Seahawks. He's only 2,600 on DK. Led the team in snaps, targets. I mean, he was just out on the field a ton last week. Where before it was Will Disley. So there's kind of this carousel of, of wide receivers. But uh, Hollister is a fine pass-catching tight end. He's a way to get different in this game. Chris Carson. I'm I'm really interested in Chris Carson because at 6,200 on DraftKings, this is how you get different. This is how you gain leverage against all of those Seahawks stacks that are mostly on the wide receivers. So is he healthy enough? What's our latest update on Chris Carson? Do you think he's going to come back this week? I think he's got a chance to. I saw a quote today on Wednesday from Pete Carroll basically talking about Carlos Hyde's not close. He's not ready to run. So Carlos Hyde's out. Chris Carson, he said, is going to start running and start doing more in practice this week. So, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday, so we need to monitor what happens Thursday and Friday to really know. But, you know, Chris Carson's a guy that when he's been in there, he's getting all the touches. And when they haven't had him, they've kind of just went full running back by committee. So I do think if Carson's active, we can fire him up as a very, very good pivot off of the passing attack there for uh, the Seahawks. So on the Rams side, Jared Garf. Jared Goff as we uh 6500 on DK. He is the cash game quarterback I have right now in my lineup because of the matchup. Seahawks opponents average the most plays per game, 74. I mean, and also we just need to look at the Rams. Like they were a run heavy team at the beginning of the year, and then they've kind of shifted to say like let's let Goff do what he does best. And what Goff is awesome at is play action passing. So when they get the running game going, they set him up to be in rhythm, to be protected, and Seattle does not have a great pass rush at all, so I'm not really worried about that. I think Goff is a smash play at 6,500. He'll be popular because he's, you know, you get to save some, but right now, I think he's probably the best cash game quarterback that you can save a little on. Uh, is he your quarterback right now? In cash right now, he is. We'll see. I played around with a couple lineups where I actually get up to uh, to Kyler and to Josh Allen, which is fun, but we'll see. He's just a great price especially on DK at $6,500. And, you know, each week you can play your quarterback against Seattle. You know, Josh Allen was struggling for a month, right? And then he faced Seattle and just went absolutely bonkers. So, yes, Jared Goff is a great cash play this week. And I'm going to give you a layup on this one because there's a player on the Rams that you, let's just say you're googly eyes for this week, and it's someone that you're putting in your lineup. So why don't you tell the people about one Cooper Cup? Yes, I am going flag plant Cooper Cup this week in most of my GPP lineups. I think he is set up to come out 
and and win someone a, a huge tournament. He's a great player this week going up against the slot corner for Seattle, which has just been a print fest all season for anyone going up against Seattle in the slot. I mean, big game after big game after big game. He's coming off of a game and what I think it was 20 targets two weeks ago before the bye, 21 targets <laughs> before the bye. Now, can we project that volume? Probably not, but he's still seeing a 26% target share this, this season. And what have we known about, you know, Cooper Cup and Jared Goff over their career together? It's that he's the, the high equity touchdown guy. Well, he only has two of them this year, despite having all those targets. So law of averages says at some point very, very soon, and I hope it's this week against Seattle, he's going to find the end zone. I think he goes for just an absolute monster day this week. I love, love Cooper Cup here in week 10. Yeah, I prefer Cup in GPPs. And right now, Robert Woods is in my cash lineup. He's a little bit cheaper. DraftKings, he's 6,600. And I just love that they manufacture touches for him. You're not going to be able to bank on a rushing touchdown, but anytime a wide receiver gets, you know, extra two or so touches, that's just super helpful. He just feels super safe. So right now, Goff and Woods are in my cash lineup. And we'll also throw out Josh Reynolds, 3,500 on DraftKings, 5,000 on FanDuel. He saw nine targets before the bye, 81% of the snaps. So if you're playing in those large field, you want to get different here, maybe stack Reynolds and Woods or Reynolds and, and Cup. Uh, is just a way to get different. Or or you could just come with me, you could grab your gear, and you can ascend Mount Everett. That's Let's what go. the people... That's where you need to go this week, people. It's Gerald Everett. And I know Gerald isn't the name that gets you excited, but Everett should. Because right now, I'm wearing a backpack. All right? I've got a... <laughs> I've got a yes, you are. <laughs> I've got a beanie on. I've got a, a vest. I'm... I'm ready to go and ascend Mount Everett. It's very hot, by the way. I do not recommend podcasting. <laughs> yeah, people, this in is this, this is not a joke. Like Kyle actually is wearing this on the podcast. <laughs> it, it it's it's great. It's great podcasting, people. I know you can't see me now, but um, you you are here with me. I'll say this about Gerald Everett. Right before the bye, the dude saw nine targets. Nine targets. All right. So Tyler Higby is not the number one tight end for this team. It's Gerald Everett, and it's the price. That's what I love so much. He's 3,100 on DK, which I I don't understand what DraftKings was thinking. So he was 3,700 before when he saw those nine targets. They go on by and then he drops $600. That's just stupid. He's 4,500 on FanDuel. He's the perfect punt play on either of those sites if you want to do it. So right now he is my punt tight end on FanDuel for my cash lineup. Uh, I just love this total. I think he'll see at least five targets and that's all you can really ask for. Um, and hopefully he returns value. Maybe he sees the end zone, but uh, I don't mind him at all. But I want to ask one more question. What do you do with the Rams running backs? Because there's three of them now. They're coming off the bye. I have no idea what Sean McVay is going to do. I'm not sure he knows, to be honest with you. I mean, we saw Daryl Henderson come out and start to take control of the backfield. Then he picked up an injury going into the bye week, and we haven't had news on it yet as of Wednesday. So again, you know, we'll have to monitor this this week and, you know, listen to the podcast. I'll be sure to fill you guys in on what my thoughts are at that point. But as of Wednesday evening, I'm not playing these guys. And the only reason is I just don't trust them, especially in cash. Like, you know, which one is it going to be? If you want to pivot off the receivers in a, a huge field GPP, that's fine. But I play more in like, you know, 100 to 500 man, you know, fields and in my tournaments. And that's just not, you know, he's not a... a that big of a field type of player. So I concentrate more on better plays in those types of scenarios. He's too thin for me. And then, yeah, you don't know what you're going to get with Malcolm Brown or Cam Akers. It's just, it's too thin. I, I can't do it. 
I need to also mention a play that I think could win people tournaments this week. The Rams defense is only $2,200 on DK. You know that they have an awesome pass rush with Aaron Donald. We saw last week that Russell Wilson can commit turnovers. Like, I mean, it was ugly last week. And so Rams at home, I really think, I mean, that's just way too cheap. It's very different on FanDuel. They're about middle of the road on FanDuel. But on DraftKings, they are just punished based on who they are playing. So 2200 throw them in some tournament lineups. If you just want to put them in cash, save a ton right there. I don't mind that either. So uh, there's just a lot of interesting plays in this one. But give me your Vegas pick. Yeah, I'm going to take the over in this one. I think this is one that's going to be really, really exciting. I'm excited to watch this in the afternoon slate. So I'll take the over. I'm really tempted to give Russ two points just because I just trust him a lot. But uh, since he's on the road, I am going to just stay with the over. It feels way more comfortable. But yeah, it should be an awesome game. Next game, Houston Texans are at the Cleveland Browns. And this game is a 54-point total. Browns are three-and-a-half-point home favorites. And I'll be honest, Betts, first time I saw this game on here as one of the higher totals, I was a bit confused because I was asking myself, where are the points coming from in this game on the Brown side? Like, how are they getting that much up? But then the more you kind of peel back the layers, you see that the Texans defense is not good at all. Uh, This could be back and forth. Now that we know that Baker Mayfield's going to be back, maybe Nick Chubb, like there's a lot of interesting plays here. So uh, where do you want to start? Let's start on the Cleveland side of the ball because they're the favorites in this matchup. Uh, three and a half point favorites. So they have a higher, you know, team implied total according to Vegas. Now, like you, I first looked at this team and I was like, how? Like, how are they going to score points? But then a man named Jake Jake Luton came out and lit up this Texans defense. James Robinson ran all over them. I mean, Houston cannot stop anyone either through the air or on the ground. So I think this is a game where we could see Baker be really, really efficient. His one of his pass catchers could go off. And then, you know, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb are just standout plays this week with how they want to run the ball a ton and their involvement in the passing game, specifically Kareem Hunt. So I love both of those plays. I think what I'm going to do in this game is probably go with a Watson stack. My favorite bring back on the other side is going to be Kareem Hunt. I mean, he's pretty cheap. $7,500 on, on FanDuel isn't bad. If Nick Chubb plays, you can still play Kareem Hunt and no one is going to play him if, if Nick Chubb is active coming off the MCL injury. Because of the fact that people just assume Chubb's going to step right in and take, you know, lion's share of the touches. Well, even in games where Chubb was active this year, Cream Hunt saw 19, 11, and 19 opportunities. And if you're going to get that type of role from him against this Texans defense, sign me up. Yeah, I, I think Hunt's a great play, like you said, especially if Chubb is active. We don't know right now. It's Wednesday. Chubb practiced today, but... Uh... The news today is that he's progressing. We don't know. If he is active, I do want to play Nick Chubb. Uh, The Texans are 31st in defensive adjusted line yards, meaning their line is not getting the push that you want. And the Browns, on the other hand, are third in offensive line adjusted yards. So uh, this is just a huge mismatch right now. And I love this stat about Nick Chubb. Right now, Nick Chubb leads the league in uh, in 20-plus yard rushes. So in other words... He hasn't That's played <laughs> since week four, and yet he still leads the league in that category. He is insane. Uh, he's one of my favorite players in the league. But you can also go and look at some of the other options. I just, they're cheap. So you can go to Jarvis Landry. You can go to Austin Hooper on DraftKings 3,900. 
he's going to be someone that's going to get maybe four or five receptions, maybe visit the end zone. And that's what you want. So I'm not totally crazy about stacking Baker, but I think this is an easy matchup where you can just say, I'll take a piece from the Brown side and then I'll probably go with a Watson stack, which is that where you're heading? I think so. I mean, Baker Mayfield so far has just been, he's not been playable in DFS to, to you know put it simply. He had that one blow up spot, but it was because Joe Burrow came out and just went nuts against the Browns a few weeks back. So they forced Baker to drop back and throw it a ton. And that could happen this week, no doubt. Like Deshaun Watson could come out and put up a ton of points, forcing Baker to have to throw a bunch. But I prefer to lean with a safer play here. You know, Deshaun Watson, if I'm going to stack this, is the way to go. And then, yeah, like we said, bring it back with a pass catcher or a running back. I think that's totally fine. But yeah, I'm really excited about Deshaun Watson here. $6,900 for some reason came out last week, smashed. He was $7,100 on DK. His price dropped. Like, I, I don't understand why it's happening, but I, I like it. I will take it. I will take the savings. I think he's a great play this week. Cleveland's giving up the ninth most pass yards per game this year. And how good has Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks been over the last month? I mean, just automatic. So, yes, tons to, to like about this game. You brought this up about Brandon Cooks, and, and I don't understand what they're doing at DraftKings because he's just been unbelievable the past four weeks he's the wide receiver six in terms of points per game and his price is just not moving he's a wide receiver 25 on dk and he's just been super consistent he's in my cash game lineup right now at 5600 that's just too low it's too low for a player that's shown us the consistency that we want to see will fuller has a touchdown in six straight games so yeah watson and one of these two pass catchers seems like a very easy place to go but let's talk about duke johnson Right now, we don't know if David Johnson is going to pass concussion protocol. Right now, it's not looking so great based on what we've heard. Um, he's only 5,000 on DraftKings and 5,800 on FanDuel. Last week, when David Johnson went out, Duke Johnson saw 20 opportunities, which is the most he's ever seen in his entire career. I went. This is what I did today, Bets. I went through every single Duke Johnson game log since 2016. <laughs> that is, uh, that's the level of commitment you get here on the on the Ballers DFS show. So I, I love it. Um, did you see any insane efficiency from Duke Johnson? Because I feel like when I watch him play, I just feel like he's so good, like so efficient. And I just yell at the TV, like, give this man the ball. And then they never do. But this week, we're, we're going to see it. On Pro Football Reference, they uh, kind of go back and forth. <laughs> Uh, labeling his receiving stats first or his rushing stats first because it's kind of like ebbed and flow. But uh, I looked this up. He hasn't had double digit rushing attempts since 2017. Like this guy is basically just been, uh, you know, a little scat back. And so he saw 20 opportunities last week. That's all we want in DFS. If he's going to get that again, if he's going to see, I don't know, 18, uh, then maybe you want him because the guy can pass, uh, can catch the passes and it's another revenge game. So we need to bake that into our analysis bets. Oh, absolutely. It's it's the most uh, tried and true way to predict fantasy success is the revenge game narrative. So yes, lock it in. Every single time I do the ballers matchups, I always make sure I look through the lineups and go, is there any revenge game narrative here? <laughs> and there is here. So uh, I think that's fine. So how do you want to stack this game? What would What would you recommend to the people? Yeah, I'm going to go with a Deshaun Watson stack. I think you can double stack him with Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks. I did it last week in tournaments. Worked out great. Um, both guys, both receivers have just been so automatic. So you can do that for sure. And then my favorite bring back, if you're going to go with the receiver, 
as Richard Higgins because he has that big play type of ability. We saw that game where OBJ tore his ACL. He came out and played 85% of the snaps. He went six for 110. And then the next week, if you remember, it was the, the high wind game. It was really cold in Cleveland that day. Like no one threw the ball. So it's hard to read into any of those stats. So I'm going with what I saw that week. He's cheap. 5,500 on FanDuel is great. 4,600 on DK is great as well. So I think he's a nice salary saving type of option in a tournament. Um, but like I said earlier too, Cream Hunt to me also stands out as a perfectly fine bring back. Yeah, make sure you have Cream Hunt in some of those GPPs. I think he'll be great. So for the Vegas pick, I'm actually going to take Houston and the points because I just think Watson's on a roll. How about you? Yeah, I'm going to take Cleveland, and it's mostly because I just can't trust that defense. I mean, they couldn't they could, couldn't even really beat the Jaguars barely. So, yeah, I will take uh, I'll take Cleveland. Speaking of the Jaguars, this is a professional kind of transition. You know, I try. Jaguars are at the Packers where they will be slaughtered. Uh, The Packers are 14-point home favorites at Lambeau, 52.5 point over under. So the reason why we're talking about this game is because the Packers are, their team implied total is 32 points. So we're talking about at least four touchdowns, you know, maybe five. It's the highest implied total on the slate we love some Packer stacks, but realize this, if you're going to run it back with the Jaguars, the, the pace of play is not one that you would say this is going to be a back and forth affair. So how do we approach this game bets knowing there's a team that seems like they're just going to destroy them? I mean, 14 points is a ton by Vegas. How do we handle that in terms of stacking for tournaments? Yeah, I think that's a great question. So my best, my, my I think optimal approach to this is going to be Packers mega stacks. And then, you know, people always talk about stacking and bringing it back. And that has been shown to be positively correlated with success in DFS. So I'm not saying, you know, throw out that rule. But this is a game where I might just go like Packers mega stack, like Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Jones, if I can get up to Devonta Adams or, you know, maybe an Alan Lazard, something like that, where I just kind of combine those players. And I might, might just say, you know what, like the Jaguars have a 19 team implied total is there that much to get excited about on that side of the ball? Maybe not. So maybe you just go full on Packers and then build mini stacks or, or secondary stacks in other games, you know, like we already talked about earlier in the, in the show. So I love the Packers though this week. I, people get so worried about these big spreads, right? Cause they, they can't predict shootout type of games, but if the Packers are getting up to a 14 point win and they play three quarters. Presumably Aaron Jones is scoring a touchdown. Aaron Rodgers is throwing for at least two touchdowns, probably three. And Devonta Adams is a lock for what, like four touchdowns every week, it seems like. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not scared of the matchup by any means. And obviously, you know, it's it's a great game for them to just go off. So love the Packers. Let me give you this hot, hot Devonte Adams stat right here. Uh, so Adams, they're scheming him a little different this year. So we, we see the touchdowns. We see that he's been the wide receiver one, just killing it. But a third of his routes are in the slot, which is the highest of his career. And of those slot routes, he's being targeted 43% of the time when he's in the slot. So that so every single time he's running around in the slot, almost half the time they're throwing it to him, which makes sense. That's the highest in the entire NFL. Devonta Adams is not a slot wide receiver, but when they put him there, and you've seen teams like the Falcons would do this with Julio. When they put your best player in the slot, it creates mismatches. And so... When you look at his salary on DraftKings, it's 9000 On FanDuel, it's 9500 It's a ton. He's a wide receiver one. But I actually love playing Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams on FanDuel where they're a little bit more of a value. Aaron Rodgers is the, is the QB4 
on FanDuel this week, where he's QB2 on DraftKings. And so I love playing those two there on DraftKings. I'd rather go with Aaron Jones because his price is just way too low. 7,100, Jacksonville's given up the six most running backs points, and they've given up huge games. Remember when Joe Mixon finally broke out? He had 181 total yards, three touchdowns. DeAndre Swift had 116 rushing yards and two touchdowns. David Johnson almost hit 100, which is just, I don't know if he can do that anymore, but he had 96 rushing yards. So Aaron Jones right now is in my cash lineup for DraftKings. I can't see why you wouldn't want to play this guy this week. He's rested. I think he's going to just tear it up this week. So any thoughts or are you just nodding your head saying, yes, Kyle, everything you said is gold. All of it. All of it. Yes. I think to me, if I, you know, in, in my cash games, this is what I'm doing. I'm playing Mike Davis. I'm playing Aaron Jones and I'm not thinking twice about it. I'll worry about wide receivers and tight ends later. Like that's the place you start. So yeah, Aaron Jones is arguably the best play on the entire slate. Love him this week. Um, and then like you said with Devonta Adams too, I mean, there's no safer wide receiver in fantasy with how they use him on FanDuel. $9,500 seems ridiculous. He's going to pay off that price, I think, this week. So I'm I'm finding ways to get some Devonta Adams exposure for sure here in week 10. And if you want to throw in Robert Tanyan or Tanyan, however he thinks his name is pronounced on DraftKings, he's only 3,600. Like on FanDuel, he's, you cannot play this guy, 5,700. But on DraftKings, if you wanted to do that double stack, that mega stack that Betts was talking about, if you want to do Rodgers, Adams, Tanyan, I think that's totally fine. I think that's a a great way to differentiate yourself from other lineups that are going to have Aaron Jones. Uh, I think he's due for a touchdown this week, especially against the uh, porous Jaguars defense. So anything you want to say on the Jaguars side, James Robinson's probably the best play if you want to run it back with somebody. Uh, It's just hard. If I already know I'm going to be playing Davis and Jones, uh, I don't love to play two running backs from the same game. So what do you want to say for the Jaguars? Yeah, I agree. If you're going to build a Rodgers stack with some of his pass catchers, then bring it back with James Robinson, I think is totally fine. His price has dropped yet again this week. I don't understand. I mean, there's not enough respect on what James Robinson is doing. He's been so good this year. And Green Bay, you know, Exhibit A from two weeks ago, Dalvin Cook is giving up a ton, a ton of production to to running backs, second most fantasy points to the running back position. James Robinson's averaging 21 opportunities per game. That's fantastic. But the area I get a little bit concerned is if they get in catch-up mode, which as 14-point underdogs, they probably will, um, Chris Thompson's going to be the guy. When Chris Thompson was out, James Robinson saw a ton of work a couple weeks ago in the passing game. But last week, it was all Chris Thompson in, in two-minute drills and um, playing from behind in the fourth <laughs> quarter. So... It's tough. I think you need the game to stay close for James Robinson to hit his ceiling. And obviously we're not projecting that. So I'll have some of him, but certainly I think the bring back, if you're going to do one to me is DJ Chark based off what we saw last, last week. And, you know, just for his matchup, Jair Alexander in concussion protocol, he did not practice on Wednesday. So if he's out, that helps uh, Chark's outlook quite a bit. That changes so many things for me because Jair Alexander has been awesome. Someone that I've shied away from, because he's been so good. And Chark is a value on FanDuel at 6,600. So we mentioned earlier, if it's Rodgers and Adams, and then you want to bring it back with either Robinson or Chark, I think that's just a really simple game stack that you can do. And uh, I don't really want to mess with some of the other wide receivers. And maybe in a big tournament, if you wanted to go Chenault or Cole or Conley, uh, I just, that's such a thin play. 
And uh, Tyler, I farted is not going to be someone that I play. At Never all. ever. No, he. You know, we've mentioned him many times on the Fantasy Footballers podcast. He's a very handsome man, great guy, but uh, his back hates hates him. Yeah, it's so, not great. <laughs> all right, what do you any your Vegas pick? I'll take the under. I just don't think Jacksonville could put up enough points to get over the total. So I will go under here. I'm actually going to take the Packers and the points. I just think this Jaguars team is terrible. I think Jake Luton on the road is just going to be destroyed. And I don't mind the Packers defense uh, as another play. If you want to do in tournaments, if you say, you know what, they're going to get a defensive touchdown, Aaron Jones and, and DST. Uh, I, I think they cover that those 14 points. Last game we're going to talk about here is the Denver Broncos and the Las Vegas Raiders. You realize, Bets, that we've now talked about the Raiders for three straight weeks. I don't know. I mean, that's if that's not like the definition of 2020, I don't know what is. That's that's something there. <laughs> that's high quality podcasting when you get to talk about Derek Carr and the Raiders. So uh, Raiders are four and a half point home favorites. This game is 51 and a half total. And we saw last week, if you played Drew Locke, you did pretty well. You got there in tournaments. He had three touchdowns, including one of them as a rushing. And he's still pretty cheap. So Drew Locke, Derek Carr, these are a couple of cheap quarterbacks that you can stack and saves you to maybe to get up to DeMonte Adams or some other plays this week. Uh, where do you want to start? Do you think, do you think in terms of this divisional game, do you think that 51 and a half points like, do you think they can get there? Because these defenses are not great, but these offenses also could just completely implode. I'm not sure. You know, I'm not. I'm kind of leaning towards the under in this one, which, you know, you just for my pick later, but I'm breaking the rules. I'm going to give you my pick. It's under because, you know, like you said, the offenses have failed at times this year, but also the Broncos pace of play stats in the last two weeks are a little sneaky in that. They have been forced by the Falcons and the Chargers in the second half to pick up their pace and play from behind and sort of, you know, have to kind of rush down the field to, to catch up. And the, the Raiders are good, but are they the offense that the Chargers have been or the Falcons have been this year? No, they haven't been. So I'm not sure the pace is going to be there, but there's enough back and forth to get there in this game. So I lean towards the under. I'm not as excited about this game stack as I am the other ones that we talked about. Um, just kind of putting that out there in general, but I do think there's some value plays here on, on this side, maybe more of like a mini stack type of game versus like a full game stack. Yeah. I th- you put this in the notes and I think it's important for people with pace of play. You can look at a stat like seconds per play and say like, Oh, this team's pretty fast. So in the top 10, uh, you usually play up to who you're playing. So if it's the Falcons, you're going to be playing fast. If you're playing the Cardinals, like your pace is going to be up. And I think with these two these two teams, I think they would prefer to slow the game down and run the ball. I mean, with Josh Jacobs, I think that's very, very clear. Like when they're ahead, they're going to feed him. He's going to get the rock 20, 25 times. And if Josh Jacobs is having a good game, I usually can't see Derek Carr blowing up. Like I see Jacobs, you know, 25 carries for 80 to 100 yards and maybe a touchdown. And, and Carr doesn't really have to do that much. And the other side of the ball, I want to play one of these Broncos running backs. I don't know which one it is, but the Raiders run defense is the worst by far in the league. Like it's just so bad against the run. Melvin Gordon is all the way down at 5,200. I want to play him, but I'm also terrified. So in a tournament, which one do you prefer? 
for me, it would be Philip Lindsay. And it's just based off the eye test, right? Like, how can you trust Melvin Gordon right now when you know, like, Philip Lindsay is the better running back? I mean, point blank, like, that is what's what we're seeing on the field. Run after run after run. He's more explosive. He looks quicker out there. So, it's, you know, it's tough because Gordon's getting more work. And obviously, we trust volume more than anything. But it's such a tricky situation. I almost feel like I'm scared to miss out, which a lot of DFS players will do this is what I'm doing. So this is a rookie mistake by me. Don't do this. And they'll just say, you know what? I don't want any part of this. Like, I'm going to move on. So the cop out answer is I'm going to play both in different lineups and hope for the best. Yeah, Lindsay, you can hope for the big play. Um, Gordon, you're going to get a volume, but I can't see a ceiling game for either of these guys. Like maybe Lindsay pops off a long one, ends up with 120 rushing yards and maybe a score, but like, you're not going to really be able to get there. You can't really bank on 20, 25 points to win you a tournament. So I feel like those two are just going to cannibalize each other all year. If it's me, if I'm looking at this game, it's a secondary kind of correlation play, meaning I'm going to take one player from one team and then one player from another team. So if it's Josh Jacobs, the other side, it's going to be Jerry Judy. Or if it's Josh Jacobs, maybe it's uh, KJ Hamler, who I like a lot at 3,800 on DraftKings. Um, If you like Judy, then maybe Darren Waller on the other side. So that's probably the best way to do it. And I just don't know what to do with the Raiders wide receivers. Henry Ruggs, every week I want to say, hey, maybe he's going to hit a long one. Or maybe he'll goose. Like, I don't know what this guy's going to do. Nelson Aguilar had a good game last week. Uh, I just still don't trust that guy. So how? any other thoughts about how you'd kind of pair these guys together? Yeah, I think I'm a full fade on the wide receivers. We're also going to get A.J. Boye back in this game. He missed last week with a, con- a concussion, so he should be back this week, which helps, you know, the secondary, obviously, for Denver. So for me, that's a it's a fade on those guys. If I'm going to play a pass catcher, it's Darren Waller. You know, he's the he's the tight end one this week without Travis Kelsey. And I think he's affordable, like fifty nine hundred dollars on DraftKings isn't that much. Seven thousand on FanDuel is easy to get to. So if I'm going to play a pass catcher for the Raiders, it's certainly going to be Darren Waller. Yeah, and Noah Fant is also a fine play. Forty nine hundred on DraftKings, fifty seven hundred even better on FanDuel with Albert O out for the year. Uh, he's going to be the guy to soak up targets, but between Judy, Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, and Fant, like those are some solid young, that's a good young core. Like I'm excited about them as like a football team, but I feel like no one's going to be able to hit a true ceiling. We saw it last week with Judy, but that's because they were playing the Falcons and they needed to get there. And I don't know if they'll need to get there this week. So uh, for me, uh, I'm just going to take the under. Yep. I'm with you, man. Give me the under. All right, let's battle it out. DFS Battle Royale. All right, bets. You're winning again. You can you can shove it, but uh, you're winning this thing, dude. I'm destroying you. Each 20 week, to 17. It's almost embarrassing know, at this I, point. I remembered <laughs> last week. I was like, maybe I'm ahead, and no, I need, I need to like wipe the floor this week. That's the only way. I need to just go five for five, or uh, just to just to make sure that you stay in your place. So this week we'll be using Fanduel. We had a couple people reach reach out to us and say, hey, you guys talk about DraftKings a lot. Uh, We play on both sites. Uh, We do most of our cash lineups on DraftKings. But we're going to use FanDuel this week and give you guys a couple of categories that we think would be helpful in building lineups, especially for cash. So let's start off and talk about a stacking quarterback 
over 8K. And on DraftKings, that's basically you're taking one of these top five quarterbacks. So who's a quarterback you like to stack with over 8K? Uh, on FanDuel this week, Kyle. Come on, on FanDuel. Come on, come on, come on. Uh, no, I'm just giving you a hard time. I will take Deshaun Watson. $8,300 on FanDuel. We talked about the game environment with the, with the Browns. They're getting destroyed through the air. And his you know options that you can stack with are elites, right? Will Fuller, Brandon Cooks, they've been so, so good. So I will take him this week. And I think he's probably my favorite stacking quarterback, not named Josh Allen or Russell Wilson, you know, or Jared Goff, like the, the popular guys. He's a, a nice pivot off of the chalk this week at quarterback. So I like him quite a bit. I'm going to go with Aaron Rodgers, 8,400. He's QB4. When you stack him with Devontae Adams, you're saying to yourself, wow, I'm spending, you know, $18,000. And uh, at the end of the day, I think it's going to pay off. I think Rodgers is going to hit his three touchdowns, you know, throw for maybe 250. On FanDuel, you're not really caring if you get to the 300-yard bonus uh, as much. So uh, I just really like that stack, and I don't mind paying up for it because I think a lot of people will try to find cheaper options. The deal with FanDuel and quarterbacks is they're just so clumped together that you're not really saving that much when you go from Aaron Rodgers or, or Watson to maybe 7,600. Like that's not that crazy of savings. So I like spinning up with elite quarterbacks at FanDuel because I can just bank on them. That's why Mahomes is so fun to play on FanDuel because you just know you're going to get three or four touchdowns, which is crazy to say. Give me a cash game running back, you cheater. I'm under definitely cheating with 7, this one. Yeah, I will take uh, Mike Davis, who we talked about is a cash game lock for us this week. He's just so cheap on both sites, including Fandle, where he's $5,400. The matchup is tough for sure. I'm not going to argue that against Tampa Bay, but he can get there through the air. And at that price, you're not asking him to do that much. So I will take him here as my cash game play at sub 7K on Fandle. I'll mention Duke Johnson, 5,800. If David Johnson is out and he sees that type of opportunity, I I like him and I like him against the Browns. So if he gets four or five catches through the air, maybe runs the ball 12 to 15 times, I I think he can pay off and, and visit the end zone. So Duke Johnson, solid cash game running back. I think Davis is the play of the week, but can't go wrong with Johnson either. All right, give me a cheap wide receiver under 6,000 on FanDuel. Going with the other D Johnson, Deontay Johnson, who I feel like people are always scared to play, but I'm giving people the confidence to do it this year in the games where he's been healthy and either hasn't left early or exited and then come back into the game because of injury. He has the following targets, 10, 10, 13, and 15 targets for this guy. good. That is very good. You'd like to see that. And so with that type of volume at $5,700 on FanDuel against the Bengals, yes, I will take some Deontay Johnson this week. I think he's a great, great place price over there on FanDuel. I'm going to take a Philadelphia Eagle, which I don't know if I've done that the entire year. I, I'm The time I'm is now. trying to stay sane as a person. I'm trying <laughs> not to like hurt myself. But Jalen Rager is 5,600. Uh, the rookie, we haven't seen a ton this year, but he is lightning in a bottle. He's like McCall Hardman. He's like a player that you can get that long touchdown and uh, 5,600. I think that's way too cheap knowing his big play upside. He's a great one-off play uh, against the Giants. I just, I don't really want to play anybody on the Giants. Maybe Evan Ingram this week, but Jalen Rager is someone you could throw in a tournament and maybe he gets a long one and I don't mind it at all. All right, punt tight end. 
Yeah, you stole you stole the best one on the slate. So I'm gonna pivot to Austin Hooper. He is fifty one hundred dollars on FanDuel, and I'm also gonna include in case he doesn't play, coming off his um, his surgery for his appendix, Harrison Bryant forty eight hundred dollars on FanDuel. Both of these guys, you know, when when Bryant or when uh, Hooper is out, Bryant's been running a ton of routes. He's getting looks in the end zone, so he's the pump play for me this week. And if not, it's going to be Austin Hooper, who before. You know, going out the last couple of games, he was used a ton. He had three straight games of five catches. So at the tight end position, that's all you're asking for. And I will take that against Houston this week. Get on your hiking boots, people. Strap on that beanie. You know, the weather's getting a little bit colder out there. And it's time to ascend the mountain. Gerald Mount Everett at $4,500 on FanDuel. I think he's an elite play, uh, especially in cash lineups. You get to punt the position and say to yourself, you know what, Gerald Everett is okay. He's fine. <laughs> he saw nine targets last time, and <laughs> you so couldn't even say that with a straight face. <laughs> you know, it's not like I'm not expecting Gerald Everett to go for a hundred in, in a touchdown. But uh, at 4,500, I am expecting him to maybe double up his salary, and that's all I really want out of a punt tight end. Like I tell people all the time, the reason why I like punting, I'm not shooting for the moon. I'm just trying to get like across the country here. I'm not trying to get too crazy. Yeah. So uh, Gerald Everett, 4,500, not bad. All right. Wow, this is an interesting pick you have here. You traitor. Sneaky D- DST. Have you watched Carson Wentz play football? Um, I'm an Eagles fan. Love the guy, but sometimes he looks like a top five quarterback in this league, and other times he looks like one of the worst three in this league. He's just been so, so up and down. Tons of turnover-worthy type of plays. I mean, he's thrown 12 interceptions so far. Kyle, it is now week 10, so he's done that in eight games. It's unreal. Most interceptions in the league. He's also getting sacked the most of any quarterback in the league, which is ranked 33rd. Kyle, there are 32 NFL teams, so that tells you all I need to know. And the Giants are actually pretty decent on defense, and they can get after the quarterback. So if if they can do that, they can put Wentz in tough spots and potentially get a pick six or a strip sack. So... I'll take the Giants, $3,900 on FanDuel. I will take the football team at $3,800. Yes, Washington actually ranks number one in adjusted sack rate in the league. So even ahead of the Steelers, uh, Washington's been awesome. And uh, whether it's Matthew Stafford, which we don't know right now, returning from concussion protocol or... Chase Daniel, either way, I'm totally fine playing Washington. They are in my cash game lineup, and uh, I think they're a solid play this week. All right, let's get into a couple of mailbag questions. Mailbag. Mailbag. All right, we got a couple of questions. If you want to send them to us at Kyle underscore Borg or at the Fantasy PT on Twitter, we have a couple of questions we just want to answer. And the ones that I chose today i think really help people in terms of a strategy standpoint what to do all right this first one's from brian goiski at goiski he said do you prefer two or three man stacks or does it really depend on the matchup a couple of things one is the game environment so the really really high scoring games we talked about are games where you could just see the, you know, the they break the slate like every player goes off a couple guys go for 100 and a touchdown and in those types of scenarios you can go with a, a three-man stack, a quarterback, two pass catchers if you want to. Most of the time, though, it's going to be with just one unless it's uh, it's a, an offense that spreads the ball out a ton and they're just so prolific. For example, 
you know, the Seahawks or um, the Bills, like we've talked about. But it's also really important to know what your quarterback is doing and how are they targeting the, the position and what is their rushing equity. We talked about it with Kyler Murray. He's not a guy that when we see him go off and he hits his ceiling, that all of his pass catchers hit their ceiling, right? We could see Kyler Murray run for three touchdowns and his pass catchers have none. So he's the type of guy that I would just say I would stack with one, but you need to kind of think about what does your quarterback do and how do they distribute targets and how do they get to their ceilings? That's really the best way I think to think about a two versus three man stack. Yeah. And it sounds silly, but the rushing part really does matter a lot in terms of stacking with your quarterback. So for instance, Jared Goff this week, we said he's an elite play based on his price, based on the matchup because Jared Goff, I'm not worried about him you know, getting 20, 30 rushing yards, like maybe he'll get a goal line score or something like that's a perfect chance in a large field GPP to say, I'm going to play Jared Goff and then go with Cooper cup and Gerald Everett or Cooper cup and Josh Reynolds or Cooper cup. And you know, Robert Woods, like that's, that's a really easy way to say, I could see a three man stack there. I could see, let's say Woods goes for a hundred and cup goes for a hundred. Like that's, that's totally doable. We saw that at the beginning of the year and we saw that last year that they both could do well. It's, it's totally possible. Um, and with two man stacks for a tournament, you have to do that in every single lineup. Unless you have a Kyler Murray or Lamar Jackson last year, like you have to make sure that you're doing a two man stack in every single lineup. So for me, uh, if you're seeing a matchup like Seattle this week, then a three-man stack for a large tournament just makes sense. It's a way that you're going to differentiate yourself because lots of people are going to be playing golf and cup, but are people going to be playing golf cup and Reynolds? Maybe not as much uh, based on the combination. So that's how you just want to get different. And when you get in those large tournaments, ask yourself like, are other people thinking the same way? Uh, is this Is this a different lineup so that if it goes off, no one else has it? All right, this leads into our next questions from Baba Yaga. Says everybody is going to stack Seattle and Los Angeles and Buffalo and Arizona, which was what we talked about earlier. What is a sneaky game that people won't be on to to get some pieces from? I'm not sure how sneaky it is because we just talked about it, but I don't think a lot of people are going to play game stacks with um, with the Texans and the Browns. I think people have a negative stigma about the Browns. They're just not sure what to expect, especially with OBJ out. But I expect Deshaun Watson to come out and move the ball and to put up a ton of points here against Cleveland. So I like that game stack. And I think if I'm going to play in a large field tournament this week, that's where I go. Because like you said, everyone's going to look at those two games. And you know, like our listener here is saying, he's projecting that as well. I, I do too. So I like those games. I want some exposure to Buffalo, Arizona, Seattle, LA. But to me, the best pivot is with the Texans and the Browns. All right. If you want to vomit all over the place with Daniel Jones, be my guest. That is <laughs> that is a game <laughs> that when it comes to Eagles and Giants this week that I'm actually kind of interested in. And I'm interested because Miles Sanders is a great play. We didn't mention that game. It's way low. It's a little bit lower than I think. 44 points. I would take the over right now. Um Philadelphia's three-point favorite, even on the road. And uh, Miles Sanders, an elite play, especially on DraftKings at 6,400. And then if you want to, on the other side, say, you know, I'm going to play Daniel Jones and Evan Ingram because Philadelphia is terrible. You guys are terrible against the Titans. You need to get out there, bets, and help them guard the tight end position. <laughs> I think I would do a great job, to be honest with you. You just, coach, I know what we're bad at. Trust me, coach. I'm going to cover Evan Ingram 
I can do it, coach. Trust <laughs> you me. Would run so that absolute circles around me It'd be so embarrassing. The thing about Daniel Jones is, you know, there's going to be a couple of turnovers and maybe he has the garbage time, but uh, that's just a really gross game. And then I'll also just throw out uh, 49ers and Saints. This isn't the game that it was last year. If you remember that game, they that game went 80 points. Like it was an awesome game with Jimmy G. It's a different game. Uh, we also have Michael Thomas back. So the question is, can the 49ers keep pace? And I don't think they can, but I, I do think that's an interesting game of doing a Saints onslaught stack if you think uh, there's something there. But any other games you want to throw out or you want to move on? No, I think those are, are probably my top ones. So I'm with you on that. If you want to, in the DFS pass, I actually have an article, The Pace of Play, where I mention the games that are not the highest total and the way to attack them. So, for instance, Washington, Detroit, what do you do? Steelers, Bengals, like, how do you approach those games? Chargers and Dolphins. Um, and we give you some plays with those. So that's in the DFS pass. All right, last question. On DraftKings, with the cost of Adams and Rodgers continually increasing, and even with a punt tied in, I'm finding myself looking more and more for a flex option in between three and 4,000, which is crazy low for a flex. So is there any good running back or wide receiver in that range for week 10? And I appreciated that, that, uh, that point because if you're going to get those two people, you're going to suffer somewhere else. And so maybe my first question is bets like, do you recommend having someone at that level for flex? Not for a running back. I mean, you're you're basically looking at like, you know, like this week we can get to Mike Davis, obviously, on DraftKings. But most of the time it doesn't work out because they're just such thin plays. It's backup running backs who are going to get a few touches. And you're expecting them to basically like rip off like a 70-yard run and a touchdown. It just doesn't happen. So, yeah, you, you don't play running backs that are that cheap. But you can play some wide receivers that are more tournament type of plays if you think they can hit their ceiling, which we talked about KJ Hamler. He's $3,800 on DraftKings. Josh Reynolds is in a great environment this week against Seattle at three uh, $3,500 on DraftKings. And I'll also throw out if LaVisca Chenault sits and you want to play that, uh, you know, you're all in on the Jaguars this week. If you want to play the stack against the, the Packers, Chris Conley ran a ton of routes. He saw some targets last week. He's $3,000. So you can do it. They're thin plays. It's really only in a tournament, though, that you want to go down that low. Yeah, and, and like Bet said, you're just you're asking a lot for a player. There's a reason they're priced that far down. Richie James is 4000 I mentioned that Saints and, and 49ers games. Like, go for it, but that's really chasing last week's points. So I think at the end of the day, if, if in a normal week, so in a week where we don't have someone like Mike Davis at 4000 that's something that uh, I think is just not helpful. And so you're going to ask yourself with Adams and Rogers and punting a tight end, you're probably going to have to drop a little bit lower with those wide receivers. Like instead of saying, I want a $6,000 receiver, they're probably going to have to be somewhere around 5,000 to to give you better plays at the flex. Before we leave, I want to make sure I mentioned our DraftKings tournament. I've had a lot of people over the last couple of days DM me and say, Hey, how do I get into the tournament? Uh, you can go on DraftKings and search for Borg and Bets or Footballers DFS Pod or message us and we'll send you the link, but it fills up pretty quickly. It's a 75-man tournament. It's $5 entry in the top five payout. And it's just a fun way for us to get together to play each week. And I've had a lot of people say, hey, this is the first time I've won a tournament before. This is a great feeling. Uh, so I want to make sure that you guys are a part of that. So Bets, any last words for week 10? I don't think so, man. I'm excited about this slate. I'm excited about Cooper Cup. I'm excited about... Mount Everett. It's going to be a great week. Good luck to all the listeners in week 10. 
Yep, look forward to hear you guys on Twitter. Get those climbing boots on. Ascend the mountain with me. Thank you for listening to another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.thefantasyfootballers.com.